The current spoiler warning level is, Aura. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Aura. We're talking about a machine, well, a whole lot of machines, and a whole lot of variants from Aura Battler Dunbine, as well as uh, some spinoffs like Aura Phantasm. Uh, it's a, just a trip into Bison Well. You know if you know, and you, you don't if you don't. So uh, use your best judgment as far as spoilers, and please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Mechanista NG Bison Well Edition. I'm Six Dotmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Dylan. And we're joined by two very special guests. First, returning champion of the gun cannon. Gun tank. No, it was the gun tank. Gun tank, tank yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Grant, welcome back to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be back to talk about every uh, treaded vehicle not used by uh, the Earth Federation in the history of uh, uh, the the Gundam franchise. God, wait that. That would be a shorter episode, even so. Yeah, we... I'm just thinking about whether there's a there's a there or a battler that has treads. No, there is not. <laughs> Well, mm, no, there might be ones in the books. Okay, it's not treads, but there's horses. <laughs> God damn it! Also, other special guest, uh, my partner Ivy, due to nepotism, is also here. <laughs> Hi. Um, I'm gonna look that word up. Ivy is also a giant Dunmine fan, and so you know we happen to have two people who would like to talk about you know, Dunmine, and following in the tracks of, like, how we do the main show now, um, we'll talk about the Dunbine and then the related units to it, uh, and then also I have a bunch of books where I can show really cool designs to everyone in the chat, and that'll be mm. fun. Uh, for those on Twitter, uh, I guess I might need to send these to Six, because I do want everyone to be able to see them, and I know the viewers, it's not like Gundam stuff, right? Gundam stuff is already hard to find, Fucking finding stuff for Aura Battler Dunbine out in the wild, like just by searching, is going to be difficult, that, to say the least. That's really why. That's the reason I'm here. I'm hoping that this uh, uh, episode will uh, begin a groundswell of of Bison Well super fandom. <laughs> uh, it, here's the thing: it is definitely like a cult hit in Japan. I'm pretty sure because, like, in terms of like '80s robot toys that exist. The the robot spirits line for Dunbine somehow still keeps going to this day, whereas like Elgheim and all that kind of died. This cult needs recruiters. That's that's all I'm saying. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, you can start with me because I'm not sold. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. Okay. For everyone at home, um, we will be using uh, at least initially. Uh, I will be using MAHQ for a lot of like the initial looks because you know easiest mm -hmm. place to find a lot of this art. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and create extra work for myself. Mm -hmm. um, when there are special images that Dylan sends me, I will create like a, a, a like an image or something. I'll do something. Just make like a little album, yeah. That's not yeah. that much extra work. 
I already do so much on work. On top dude. of all the work that you do. <laughs> we were, listen, uh, Grant doesn't know this, uh, and for listeners, this is out of order. Um, because this is our, I guess, non-spoiler episode. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Um, <laughs> earlier today, we were recording an episode about the Dom, and we had to stop and say we'll continue this later. So, <laughs> look, uh, look, it's fine. Sometimes me and Six just happen to roll a design that we can talk about for three hours. And unlike the gym, I feel like doing the whole thing in one day, and this is the one day we can't. <laughs> wait, so. wait a minute. Look, I um, like the no, gyms. But... No, this is this is unrelated. This is unrelated. Oh, okay, okay. I'm looking at the Aura Battler Dunbine wiki, and it notes in the plot summary that beautiful female warriors abound on both sides. Can I leave? <laughs> leave the wiki. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there. I, I, I mean... do not know what's happening on that. I mean, I guess that's not technically wrong, but it is no, not something d- that you say in your blurb for a show. That is a weird thing to say, Dunbine Wiki. Very, I didn't know there was one. Honestly. Very Marge Simpson. It's true, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, there, there is that whole bit in the like one of the early episodes where fucking Show cannot stop staring at Marvel, and then she gives him a look, and then she like just looks away from him on purpose to like shut him down, and it's so fucking funny. Um, but anyway, all right, we are here to talk about machines though, and not plot summary. So. The initial machine, and actually, I did pull up more art, because I'm me, and I'm like, well, no, we need all the references. Uh, it is the titular Ara Battler Dunbine. Um, I'm throwing that in the voice chat right now. Um, and this is the primary machine uh, used by the hero, uh, Shozama, our, our hero, I guess we will say. I mean, he's, he's, Sho's good. I like Sho. Our motorcycle um, stunt punk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, motorcycle punk who ends up in an isekai accident and ends up in a fantasy world and then ends up becoming a test pilot for someone who is very bad. Uh, so this is an Ara Battler uh, that is created by, well, created by our good friend Shot Weapon, because uh, I need to make sure I get that name in here. But um, <laughs> um, From the Valley of Silicon, by the way. Yes, from the Valley of Silicon, as they so put it in the English dub. Uh, but also raised in uh, Australia, which is still a penal colony? Yeah, 1980s Tamino has weird thoughts. That's, <laughs> look. <laughs> I forgot about that detail. Uh, shot Weapon, what a fucking name. But, uh, so... Uh, shot weapon and his be- best buddy, also from Earth, not from Fantasyland, named Zet Light, uh, helped create the Dunbine, uh, which uh, also, as I just learned from MHQ, means a guardian of House Luft in Bystan Wells language, which is very funny to me. Um, That's a lot to be contained in Dunbine. Yeah. <laughs> I, but look, Bystan Wells language, very, very short form language. Uh, lots of very, meaning to be uh, drawn from it. <laughs> fake bullshit where you put together two letters and say this means a paragraph. Okay, great. Look, don't be mean. Look, this is Tamino writing fantasy and I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> just um, imagine how short Bystan Wells poems are. It's just like one sentence. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> just entire That's, epics it's... contained in like a <laughs> <Yeah>. single sentence. <laughs> Um, so, the Dunbine is an early, like, prototype, uh, Ara Battler. I need to teach myself not to say mobile suit, because I keep almost doing that. Um, that is, uh, made by, uh, you know, House Drake, which is what we call this faction, because, you know, this, that is just the faction. Um, 
And so there are, I think it's four of these made total um, mm-hmm. at the start. Uh, and they are all being tested by pilots that they have been getting from Upper Earth. So, like, you have people appearing from Upper Earth, and uh, they are basically, like, taken and are like, hey, you have high aura potential. We're going to use you as test pilots. And we're the good guys, we promise. That's why we're definitely, like, not asshole knights, as everyone is introduced to Bon Bonnings, the biggest asshole on the planet. But anyway, um... Oh, sorry, there are three of them. Sorry, there are three Dunmines. I did I did have that number wrong. Because uh, there are th- three citizens that, from Upper Earth that pilot it. The Japanese citizen Shozama, the Russian citizen Tokamak Ropsky, and then the American Todd Guinness. Um... I love that there's a dude named Todd. Just Todd Guinness, yeah. Tamino coming up with American names for Dunbine, and it's like Todd Guinness, and then Marvel Frozen mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Te- from Texas. She's she's double Disney. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, of the of the Texas Frozen. <laughs> God. Um. So yeah. So this is uh the p- primary machine that you will generally see is the purple Dunbine. Uh, that is uh. That is Show's machine. There are two other color schemes for it. There's a blue one, which is Todd's. It's like a dark, like a deep dark blue. And then Tokamak's, which is the unsung hero and also gets blown up in like the first episode. So, <laughs> or second episode, I guess that would be uh, the green one. And no one cares about it. It just gets blown up and is gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Dunbine, looking at this design, this design was originally by... Uh, Kazutaka Miyatake, who I believe is with Studio New, who, you know, famous for Macross and whatnot, um, alongside, you know, like Shoji Kawamori and other designers there. Um, but these designs were eventually cleaned up by Yutaka Izabuchi, uh, person whom the, the most divisive person here, because I love his designs, and then he does things for Gundam where he's like, ah, time to just put some outright German weapons on these, because that's a normal thing to do, and then I get very mad at him. When he's just making fantasy bug robots, though, I fucking love them. They're great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, here's the other two colors of Dumbine for those in the chat uh, as well. Uh, so, yeah, starting with the head on this thing. So, should note, these are small. Uh, our battlers are not mobile suit size. This thing is seven meters tall, thereabouts. So I mean, taller not... than I am. Gosh. Well, yes. I, I would hope so. <laughs> Uh, the worst part would be if you told if if suddenly we had the reveal that you are actually a seven meter giant on this podcast. But um, don't the, don't, don't dox me, please. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, the uh the the Dunbine. So this design is probably one of my favorites from the show. Uh, so starting with the head, you have a very beetle like head. You've got like a sort of like antenna crest going up. Um. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, because I don't really watch this show, I'm going to have a lot of fundamental questions sure. that I don't yeah. tend yes. to have on Gundam episodes. Yes. You say beetle-like. Not beetle. This isn't a meat boy. I mean, it's partially this a meat boy. This isn't a super meat boy. <laughs> this is partially a meat boy. This is partially a meat boy. Specifically, okay. there is a creature called the Kamai Lug that it, we see later on in the show that actually has a head very similar to the uh, Dunbine. Uh, so are we, is this like, is this like Nausicaa where we're killing those things and gutting them and putting gears in there? Or what are we doing? So the way <clears throat> that they do it is 
Shot Weapon and Zet Light, using their technology from the Valley of Silicon, uh, combine that with the inherent, I guess I would say, like, inherent magicalness of, uh, you know, Bison Well, because, like, this is a setting where everything has, like, aura, right? Things are powered by a mystical force called the aura. It's it's um, a very British fantasy land. Yes. Um, like, from a Japanese man. Yes, yes. From Yes, from Tamino. Uh, and so... Generally, what I think they do is they get, like, the muscles and, like, they, they do use a lot of the meat of a creature for this, but it is also huh. a machine. But there are, like, muscles used from the creatures do as they well. bleed? Uh, hmm. I can't remember in the show, uh, since... I don't think well, they're shown bleeding, but I do yeah. enjoy, I think, the first time show goes through the, uh, uh like workshop the the shop floor i guess there there is somebody just testing muscle fibers with an electrode that that are like tensing and releasing and it's really gross and really cool mm -hmm. yeah i will say when we have to defer to matters uh both ivy and grant have seen way further uh, <laughs> than i i have started the show multiple times and it's not like i stopped it because i don't like it every time i have stopped it's just been like life circumstances happening in some way like i watched the first 10 episodes and then i that was before i had moved in with you know ivy so then it was like wait we could just watch it in person together and then we started watching it in person together and then a bunch of video games that we like came out <laughs> so then we stopped again um so I've started and stopped the show many times now, but I, I I like it every time, and I just need to finish it. Um, I'm I'm somewhere in the early 40s, so I expect somewhere along the line to be met with a design that I haven't seen yet that that serves like sort of a, a Zeong type dramatic role, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 see. Uh, we may have a lot to just say about the you know the couple that will be going through the little family here, mm -hmm. um, unless. Ivy, do you happen to know, is the Zwarth at all related to the Dunbine, or is it just its own thing? Um, as far as I'm aware, it's not related to the Dunbine, but... Okay, so probably won't bring that up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know the name now. You know there's something called a Zwarth. Oh, I've, I've seen the Zwarth. Having... I'm deep enough that I've, I've seen the Zwarth. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to say good luck to anyone trying to figure out what things are based on their names in this show, because, you know, uh, we are the dealing Dana with Tamino Oshi. Uh, the, the Danny O'Shea, thank you very much. Um, oh, of course, because that's how, that's how you pronounce it. It's not. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so... I guess uh, it's probably Scottish. Not Scottish. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it, lots of European fantasy. Uh, and also, a lot of things in the show, I will note, and we will run into these later, are specifically, what if you had European fantasy named things, but the names were slightly off, uh, is where a lot of things get their names in Dunbine, which is kind of fun. Um... And there's some but, uh, deep cuts. There's like a s sort of significant minor character called Nuklevi, and that is not a part of like Celtic lore that is nearly as popular as the Leprechaun or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The Leprechaun is weird too because that one's just called Leprechaun. Yes, uh, yes, it and is. Not... Well, also, because, it's like... fucking sick. Look at this thing. <laughs> the Leprechaun there's, like, owns. There's a design called the Pigsy, right? Which is obviously supposed to be kind of like a sort of corrupted version of Pixie. And there's, like, the brownie is in some of the side materials. And then you have, like, the gargoyle, and it's spelled like that specifically. So, like, you have a lot of these, like, concepts that are sometimes misspelled. And then there are ones that are just taken outright, like the leprechaun. <laughs> um, which, I think the pigsy it, sucks, but in a very uh, compelling way. It's charming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, still... <laughs> it looks like it, it yearns for liberation. <laughs> it does. It looks so depressed. dumb piece of shit. 
it is very depressed. I love the, uh, me, me and Ivy joke about this a lot with the toys, because, like, some of them, actually, one of them comes with a pigsy. We want them to do the pigsy that has a giant blast shield on the front of it, um, uh, as, with one of the figures, just to have it. Um. So, anyway, back back to the Dunbar. Back to the we, Dunbar. We, we've been going down, and it's mostly my fault, but but many side roads. <laughs> so Some even, would say the Aura Road. Ah, ah. ah a, a very uh, beetle-like was... head with a, a big bad beetleborg crest. <laughs> yes, so... The crest is interesting, though, because, like, that V-crest almost, given, like, that it's on the divide, and given that you have, like, a lot of, like, belts and, like, other things on some Aura Battlers to hold the armor, I want to imagine it's just, like, a very ornamental set of, like, straps, basically, for the head <laughs> to, like, hold it, you know, hold that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have two red eyes, two very bug-like eyes. Um, the face has, like, basically vents down the middle. I just in a really cool way. Um, I like I, I like this head a lot though. Uh, six, you sound unconvinced, which is surprising to me. But how how do you By feel what? about this head? Oh, I don't dislike the head. I just I there's a lot for me to take in. I'm a little subdued because I'm processing. Okay, okay. I'm just I'm look. I I I love these designs, and I will have to pick on you if you don't. So that's why. Okay, uh, that's fair. Um, I understand. So uh, going down the design though for the torso, uh. <laughs> We actually have a very, like, a very chest-looking torso, like, because it just has, like, the way that the top of the cockpit there is divided, it basically just has giant pecs. Uh, it's a Gelgoog. Yeah. Um, and the, the the way the cockpit opens is actually really cool, because it's a three-part opening. Like, the two halves on the top open up, and then the front folds down. Uh, or folds up, I should say. Sorry, it goes up. Uh, some later ones actually go down, though. But, yeah, so the front goes up. Uh, and I just think having multiple opening parts of the cockpit is great. Uh, not a lot of detail otherwise, probably just because it's so small. Um, but yeah, the shoulders, uh, you've got, you've got some like pink detailing on the edge of the shoulders. Um, and then some cables going from the shoulder into the arm on the top, uh, the arms themselves actually do have visible joints, which is a little interesting for the time, because we've talked about before, artists not drawing joints, but it does have joints. Very wiry joints, if you can actually see the detail in there, though. Very, like, muscly. Uh, little elbow pad. As you go down the arm, when you hit the wrist, you have these cool extendable claws um, that are not just extendable, but also can just shoot out on a cable uh, and be used like a long-range like weapon that you can pull back in, which is really cool. <laughs> um, I, I really like the uh, the wrist shots on the Dunbine. It took them forever to start actually putting that on like the various figures, but hey, they exist now, and they're cool. Um, the legs are kind of nondescript. Uh, like, the waist... Aww. Well, sorry, the waist, I should say, not the legs, the waist. Okay, okay yeah. Because you don't have, like, skirts or anything, Aura right? Battlers just... get some wild waist and crotch sections that I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we will have to talk about more than just the Dunbine family then, because, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be exciting to talk about these. So, okay, so for the waist, uh, we've got... It, it's basically just two halves smashed together, right? Like, you've got a dividing line down the middle, and it's, it, it serves its purpose as being the area where the legs connect to, but nothing too fancy. Uh, the legs, mm. though, are the legs are neat. Uh, the upper legs, you've got more of that like kind of like muscly, ropey stuff uh, on the uh, top of the leg. Uh, some dividing lines down the side and middle of the leg. 
Uh, once you hit the knee, you do have knee armor. Um, more of that joint section where it's like a bunch of wires. Um, and then the lower leg, you have a big dividing line down the middle. And then the back is really cool. It has these like little... F it, it's supposed to be like, I think, similar to the things on the top of the shoulders as well as the legs. But they're like these kind of like... The way that they're pulled down is more fin-like. And I really like that look of just having like these like random little bits of like... They look like muscle, right? Because they're, they're this bright mm -hmm. pink. Uh, just pulled through the leg there. And then finally, the feet. Uh, this thing's got big claw feet. Um, just uh, three, it's like three-toed. Uh, you've got two front claws, one rear claw, and, you know, uh, basically big bird claw. Or, like, I, I think they're more bird-like than even, like, bug-like, I would say, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. T telonical. Um, That's a telonical. word, right? <laughs> yeah, telonical vibes from these feet. Um. And uh, for the backpack, we have what is called the Aura Converter, which is, of course, this is it, this converts Aura into energy. Uh, and this is used to propel. Uh, and then the wings, I think, are just for, like, doing, like, subflight maneuvering, like, you know, redirecting itself or, like, doing, like, turns. But, like, a majority of the thrust is from the actual, like, the, what would be, like, the elytra on a beetle. Um, and, yeah, uh, its armaments are... It has a sword, because fantasy, and all these guys have swords, and they're great. Um, and it does have the Aura Shooters, which are, uh, on the page I linked on the first one, you can see them in the corner. They are these cool, like, wrist guns that have, uh, I believe it's, is it three barrels or four? Uh, it four. looks like, th well, there's one above them, so. I think, I what I think it is, is that one that has the three on the top, I think part of that image is cut off there. Because uh, if you look at the lower left one, those are it definitely has four. Plus, it has the four uh, reload slots. Because so what this I does see. is this actually hooks onto the arm and isn't handheld. It is just um hooked onto those like claws on the wrist, and it is held in place by that. Um, all you you do with the hand is you can use it to reload though, because the hand can just reverse and then pop in a new magazine. Um, because these do. The, the, even though this is still ostensibly very fantasy-like, these do use shells and bullets and whatnot. Um, and yeah, so that's the Dunbine. Uh, this machine rules, though. I, I like this a lot as the hero of the series. Um, and it would have remained so throughout the series if the if Clover, the toy company, didn't get a little mad about how it didn't sell well at the time and <laughs> was like, hey, mm. you have to introduce an upgrade. That that explains why the, the replacement suit does not look very much like it at all. <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, but some things that I really enjoy about the Dunbine are also things that I enjoy about uh, Aura Battler design in general. Like I love, I love the pink highlights uh, at the the shoulder and hip joints that just point to this being a handmade kludge of a new technology. Like we don't have, we need these connections to do the thing, but they don't fit. So we're just going to stick little slots in there and, and how uh, the halves of the, the leg armor above and below don't line up flush. There's just those big gaps. Uh, yeah. And, and how this very like biological, uh, clearly like supernatural, you know, mystic fantasy sort of magic style suit is integrated with a very space age design of the, uh, the aura converter on the back. And it doesn't, it somehow doesn't clash. It's, it just works. And I love it. I love it. I love the Dunbine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually a fun thing about those gaps. So, uh, 
there's a book for a lot of Gundam things called Master Archive, right? And that those usually go really hard in on doing extra details. And they do a detail I really like that I really got to show real quick. So the normally the um, joint coverings and all that are shown as being like these kind of like wiry, cable-y, kind of like muscly things. Mm-hmm. On that, what they do, though, is they actually go for like a like belt over them. Oh, that's like badass. A, a, like an old fashioned, like just giant leather belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for the legs, like you have this cool like way of stringing the leg armor together that you wouldn't see from the front. And I think that's really cool. And the black is actually just also a big leather belt as well. It's um, got shoelaces. It's that's really cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's how you like would feel like these designs are right. Because yeah, yeah. Even though, even though like they are clearly advanced, they're really weird technology generally. Like it, it is a mix of, quote-unquote upper earth our earth technology with just like there are magical creatures here we can make kill them and make them into our weapons um like everything about uh the dunbine and aura battlers in general uh i i appreciate the way it like feels like pre uh, uh industrial industry like like pre-assembly line sort of stuff like yeah uh, i including the way there aren't really design lineages in the way there are in Gundam. There's no like rapid prototyping and, and uh, mass production. It, they, every design feels like something cooked up by a guy who did every single part. Like, like how uh, uh, having a car was in the pre Henry Ford days. There was just a guy named Mr. Chrysler who figured out all of it by iterating on his neighbor's car. And this mm-hmm. time it's a guy named Bang Shooter, whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah, shot, yes, yeah. shot weapon. <laughs> give due respect to our good friend Shot Weapon from the Valley of Silicon. So, uh, so yeah, you don't so, so much see you know iterations on designs going from generation to generation the way you would with like the gym line going forward. It's just like yeah, that that's definitely coming from that you know duchy or whatever. They're one guy that makes aura battlers. This seems like his work. Yeah. And, like, when, even when we get to, like, the related machines to the Dunbine, they're not going to look like the Dunbine. <laughs> um, uh, one, one of them kind of will, but it, it'll it have a funny thing with what you just brought up, actually. Um, but uh, real quick, before we move on to that, because I wanted to show it, uh, I actually wanted to find the art for the uh, creature that is, like, the primary creature for the, uh, for the Dunbine. Um... Just give me one sec. I have it in this art book, dang it. <laughs> is it a common rider? No, it is a kind of a horrifying creature, actually. <laughs> it's like a kangaroo bug. I'd love to see a <laughs> excuse me? I'd love to see a common rider with the Dunbine head and like he he just can't go through doorways. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I think that would be an apt way of describing it. Look how big it is, by the way, because that's Whoa. the Dunbine. Yeah. That's hey, buddy. What, that's the creature that they make parts of it, uh, of the Dunbine with. Are there, okay, are there any aura battlers that have this fucking, like, five s- Telonius toad? <laughs> like, that thing's great. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think the Skulma might have weird feet like that. Ivy, the- do you, does it have weird feet? Uh, I'm pretty sure it does, but the thing is, that's an aura phantasm, so that's not really in the show anyways. 
Yeah, that's not on the show, though. Yeah, we'll get to those later. Uh, that's the part I'm most excited for. Um, here's the other machine that, you, uh, or the other creature that is killed to make parts of the Dunbine. This thing looks like it came out of, like, He-Man or something. Like, it looks like a Hanna-Barbera creature. Yes, to me. very much. I was going to say it looks like really detailed art of a Metroid 1 enemy that looks nothing like that. <laughs> the Herculoid's going to fuck this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it, though. I love this thing's uh, big, singular, sharp baby tooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just has, like, one tooth in the middle for... for This thing eats coconuts. This is what this is specialized to eat, actually. Is It looks like a big, fearsome predator, but what it actually does is just eat coconuts all day, and that's why it has one big tooth. Um, oh, you telling me this thing has head. a Jamaican accent? Oh, man. <laughs> no, thank you. I uh, really shouldn't let Blizzard get involved. With <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, the Dunbine is used for a pretty good part of the series. And even near the end of the series, it is still used by a secondary character, much like, you know, the way the, like, the Zeta gets shuffled around in Double Zeta or the Mark II in Zeta Gundam. Um, the Dunbine, even after show gets an upgrade, is still used. Here's the thing. Tomino was told he could use this for the whole show. At least this is what I can gather from as many accounts that are translated as possible. He was told he could use this design for the whole show, and then Clover, the company who also is the one who canceled first Gundam, uh, was like, the toy of this isn't selling well that we are making. Why is it not selling well? We have to make a better one. Um, we'll get to that better one later, but... I think the reason that this gets such a good showing throughout the show is because I think Tamino cared more about this than the uh, Billbine, uh, which we will get to in a little bit. Um, oh yeah, actually, I'll save that for later. I, I remember uh, you told me a fact about the Billbine and its Aura Phantasm counterpart. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll get to that, though. Um, for now, uh, the Dunbine. So, here's the thing uh, for, for you six. The Armaments and whatnot are simple on this, right? Mm -hmm. Where this starts to shine is, again, that mystical force called Aura. Okay. And the Dunbine is one of the machines that actually can... I, the, Not to get too like in the nerd details of doing it, but like the idea is this is a machine that is very good at like making the Aura of the pilot like manifest, is kind of the thing. So, okay, it's got a biosensor. Go this on. This thing starts doing weird stuff later, right? Like, it starts being able to generate, like, a basically a barrier around it. Or, like... Oh, the ghost parade, okay. Being able to infuse its sword with uh, Aura, which makes it turn really big and blue and energy-like. Um, do know this is all before Zeta Gundam, but it is starting to sound very <laughs> Zeta, actually, and I've never yeah. thought about that. But yeah, this is actually... like Zeta. Fuck! I never <laughs> thought about that. God damn it. Oh no, the Zeta Gundam just gets it from this! Anyway, sorry. Um, I, I just never thought about that. But yeah, like, you know, the way it does Aura Slashes by empowering the sword with Aura Power, which is like the willpower of the pilot manifest. And the thing about Aura is the reason they use pilots from Upper Earth is even though Upper Earth doesn't actually have like any Aura like, sh like flowing through the air, when people from Upper Earth end up in Biston Well, they just have a natural like attunement to it so this is why they want to like basically kidnap people from upper earth is how i'll word that they want people from upper earth to be their pilots because they are better at making these machines do like really crazy like magical things that they normally are not built to do um 
And the Dunbine is, like, the first time we really get showing of this, right? And it, it is a little bit analogous, I think, to, like, how, like, you know, sometimes new type stuff happens in, like, First Gundam, right? Like, show will have this... I, I love the way they represent it in the show, um, where, like, whenever, like, people are having a, a quote-unquote aura moment, like a new type flash, it does, like, an outline of, like, a dotted outline of the character, like, flying around, like, and doing movements and stuff, uh, like, while they're in the cockpit, which looks really cool. And, um, yeah, it's just really neat. Uh, I like these things. Yeah, the, the, all of the, the big aura moments are really, it's the sort of thing that's hard to explain because it really is in the framing, in the direction of the animation. Like, saying that, uh, one time show fucks up real bad because he accidentally gets so angry he parts the ocean is one thing, but seeing it happen is amazing. (laughs) Yes. And, like, not only that, but I should note this, because several episodes, spoiler alert, because uh, we will be talking, we have to talk about this stuff. Um, Aura Power, even though it's not all that strong in um, Bison Well, the really funny thing is when these end up on Earth. <laughs> because here's the thing, even though the Earth doesn't, like, have Aura, like, generally happening... When Aura machines are introduced to, like, being in Upper Earth, uh, they... What used to be just, like, I fire a small grenade becomes, like, a nuclear explosion, basically. Um, these machines are dangerous. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the point of the show, right? Like, very often it's like, oh, these are evil machines. Like, these are evil war machines that just also happen to be really fucking cool. Um... And that, that's, like, a major thrust of it. And I, I do think Tamino is being very intentional with making, like, a Silicon Valley tech nerd, you know, make these unstoppable weapons out of uh, out of fantasy material, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that are so chaotic when they reach Upper Earth that they could basically, like, oh, a couple of them could theoretically end the world if they wanted to. Um, ridiculous machines uh, when they're on Earth. Now, in the setting of Bison Well, though, they're pretty normal uh usually like feats that happen are a little bit more mundane uh still a lot mind you but yeah um so before the dunbine though there is a kind of prototype machine idea this has a funny backstory though that we'll have to go over so i'm i'm linking this to y'all here this is the ghetto this is one of my favorite uh designs in terms of just being a design because this is guy. even more of a beetle and it's Look a very that little guy um hey six remember how we talked about the spinner roadie the other day <laughs> i do remember that uh well the thing that happens with the spinner roadie may have happened with these because here's the thing these are test machines um but like Basically, so these are test machines, but what ends up happening is they are not very good, (laughs) but they are sold like they are really good to someone uh, cheap from Drake, right? Drake goes, hey, you're you're our ally guy from Elf Castle, because that is the person, and goes, I'm going to sell you these for real cheap, just a whole bunch of these. Um, So they make them a bunch of these machines, and... uh, they all they have is a sword, and they're not it's, very it's good. Mounted in the shoulder, it's cool. That's a good place for a sword. I like that. It it's, is. That's very common in aura battlers, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um. 
But, uh, yeah, so the, the, the ghetto is describing it. It's similar to the dumb vine, but it's still unique, right? It has, like, the head is similar, but it has bug antenna. The big back horn is a little smaller. Still has the same kind of, like, mouth vents, but it has, like, beetle kind of, like, uh, what would those be called? Like, the little mouth parts. Mandibles? Mandibles, yeah. It's got, like, little mandibles. Um... I love this thing's head. I also love the little SD art of it drooling there like a beetle, uh, which is very good. Um, but uh, the torso, though, you've got like a torso that has the three-part opening mechanism. You've got some cables from the shoulders connected into it. You've got arms that have like little wrist pieces at the end. No claws on the arms, though, um, for the waist. Sorry for going through this a little fast, but I did realize if we're covering a lot more machines, I cannot dwell too much on them. Um for the waist, simplified waist, no armor or anything. With the legs, you've got, like, a leg that has a... It's got, like, a little yellow piece in the middle of it, but that's really the only notable detail. It's still got, like, the dividing line down the middle and, like, the separated knee armor. It does have an extra little back claw. Like, it has a dew claw that it can maybe use in combat. <laughs> um, And then it's got claws on the feet. And that's basically it for the ghetto in terms of its appearance. Uh, it still has, like, you know, the same kind of aura converter on the back with um, the little wings beneath it. Um, it's cooler than the Dunby. You know? <laughs> it's cooler than the Dunbine. I like it more than the Dunbine, I think. Too, problem. <laughs> Even though this is the machine that does get chumped. Well, it's also kind of buggier than the Dunbine because it's got, like, you know, it's got it's, the mandibles and the little antenna. Um, Definitely buggier, yeah. And, you know, Tomino agrees with us, because, as we'll probably talk about later, the novel replaces the Dunbine. With one of these, but really cool. Oh, (laughs) that's great. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. That was a machine I didn't find out about until, like, this year. I was looking up stuff, and then I was like, wait, the Dunbine novels, they're called, like, Ara Battler Senki instead. I'm like, "Uh huh, I wonder why you removed Dunbine from the name, and it's because the Dunbine's not in those novels at all. So, is this another fucking rifle bullet design or whatever the hell shot weapon made this yes okay this um i believe this is the very first aura battler i think so like this is like it's terrible it really is but it's so cool it's also got the distinction of it's the very last show design uh out of the dunbine robot spirits line to not have a figure (laughs) <laughs> as i cry they did say they would make one it's just kind of impressive though because usually you don't get that with like bandai toy lines unless it's gundam they just stop after a couple designs but now they're like we've done everything but the ghetto and we're going to torment dylan for as long as possible because like what was it like four months ago they announced that the ghetto is happening and there's been like three separate announcements since then that aren't the ghetto yeah yeah it's really yeah, funny yeah. every time because I want this machine. I love this thing. I I think it's great. And so you're saying they segregated it. the ghetto? No! <laughs> Damn you, Grant! No! <laughs> I actually do. I I do wonder what this one's named after. Though, because <laughs> this one, well, it's it's probably got like an actual like fairy related thing it's named mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what because everything you know, is a... named after something. You know, there's a there's a statue of this in uh, downtown Tokyo. I just learned this. Mm. Wait, what? It's the Shinjuku Ghetto. That's a Code Geass joke, everybody. Oh. <laughs> uh, th- th- another week of Dylan being tormented. I see. Uh, okay, that's fine. 
yeah, so this is like the first Aura Battler. This is the first major one, and it, um, it's not very good in combat, right? The thing is, it's just, basically, Shot Weapon made one of these and was like, okay, this is a proof of concept, and it works, and then they made a bunch of them so that they could sell them to their enemies and be like, hey, look at this really cool weapon. And the, then the next one I'm going to make has guns on it. That's there's an idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing, right, is like the elf castle guy who has a very funny backstory, too, because uh, the other thing he is given to appease him to work for Dr with Drake for a while is a foosball table. Fucking owns. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Like fucking shot weapon brings him a gift from upper earth and it's a foosball table and because the elf castle guy is like a super immature shitty king he fucking loves it he's just like what is this machine this is so cool you you can like roll the guys and then they hit the ball and then you can use it for like competition this is so good you can he just, fucking loves a foosball table you could just imagine tamino being like yes nero fiddled as rome burned what can i do that's way shittier though than that <laughs> um I wish we had a picture of it, but I think one of the best things about that foosball table is the little guys actually have, like, the uh, Bison Well armor on them. On the foosball <laughs> table. That's so good! It's, it makes it even better, and... I forgot about that detail. If I had if I had thought about it, I would have taken a screenshot, but I didn't think oh about it, and I'm depressed with myself now. Uh, well, don't <laughs> worry. I found it. Yes! Okay, copy image. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Grant also found it. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, it's the little... Yeah, they're just wearing the little Bison Wall. <laughs> just, he loves it. He loves the foosball table. He he is the worst, by the way. He is the shittiest mother... What, like, there are shitty people in Dunvine, but, like, that elf castle, like, I think... Is he just King Elf? Is that his name? I can't remember. Uh, either way, whoever he is, shittiest motherfucker, though. Just the worst guy. Uh, and it's so funny because Drake finally announces, like, okay, your land is now my land, and I'm going to come take it. And he's like, aha, Drake sold me all these weapons, though. He's going to be the architect of his own demise. And then uh, they field, like, a bunch of ghettos, and they all get their ass kicked because they are literally, like, the crappiest possible machines that they can make out of an Aura Battler. Oh, meanwhile, his guys are like, please... Please work with the with the Zolana crew. Please, we don't want to die. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should note for six, the Zolana crew is our crew of main characters who were kind of a third party for a while. Um, just kind of like, you know, going around trying to help people resist Drake and no one wants to help them because all of these other medieval warlords, it turns out, are also shitty people. <laughs> And they don't want to be indebted to a bunch of random mercenaries, so they're like, no, we can do it ourselves. My uh, only thing, like, listen, we are making fun of this man for being uh, so obsessed with foosball that he allows his kingdom to burn. And I guess that's fair. But if it was an air hockey table, I'd be right with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I never even thought about that. But yeah, an air hockey table would be pretty good. Air hockey rules. Um, so... He, he gave away all of his old-fashioned mounted cavalry to whoever gave him that hat as a gift, too. Oh, <laughs> my God. I have a That's question. the prequel. What are the stats on this unit, the foosball table? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, judging it, from the picture, I think about maybe, like, three meters across, or two meters across. Uh, 
I don't know what the aura potential of this is, though, is the problem. It looks Shoot. like it might be uh, the si like of a similar model as this uh, <clears throat> Super Kicks Pro Bubble Soccer Table, which is $4,300. Oh, my God. Okay, so it was a worthy gift. Like, maybe he's not such an idiot. He knows what things are worth. <laughs> you can uh. pick the teams on this. Like, you could, like, order it and be like, hey, I want it to be this team, and th this is sick. <laughs> yeah, for $4,300. Um, okay, so I brought up these two machines that are very similar. Um, if, if Now we're going to start getting a little weird. So any other thoughts on, like, the Dunbine and the Ghetto from y'all before we move on, then? Sorry, it's just foosball in here now. Uh, I do. foosball in your head. Um, okay, okay. Uh, so we it. talked about the aura and stuff, and that's all cool and whatnot. My favorite thing about the Dunbine is just how often Show uses its claws on the feet, specifically. Uh, it is so damn cool, just, like, watching it kick and, like, tear something apart. Oh, he's a kicky boy. Because, oh, yeah. like, honestly, when I originally f saw the design, I'm like, oh, those are cool feet, but I didn't really expect them to be used defensively. And then show is just like, I'm going to kick everything apart. And I'm like, nice. Um, uh, actually, I have a question, Ivy, because I can't remember. Do the wire do the feet also have wire claws in them? Uh, no, they don't. No. Okay. No. Okay. I couldn't remember for sure. The wire claws are also super cool because, again, I love how show uses them. Because it's not always just like, I'm going to shoot this out. Um, one moment in the show that I remember that's just really, really cool uh, specifically, like, he's fighting a leprechaun, and it throws a grenade, and he uses the wire to bounce the grenade. Mm-hmm. And I just, he's I love that moment. That's one of my favorite action scenes, just because. Like... Uh, you know... I mean, the aura's cool, but it's it's the other stuff that I think is so neat about the Dunbine. Show's creativity with the Dunbine, now that I think about it, kind of reminds me of Uso from Victory Gundam, in a way. Um, not only that, but, like, when you brought up, like, the kicks and stuff, that also is what made me think about Victory Gundam, because, you know, for whatever reason, F91 and Victory love mobile suits kicking off each other's heads, but Dunbine does have a lot of kicks, to the point where, like, multiple times for the various toys, they've been like, look, you can do the kick. <laughs> um, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, show it's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's not just like show using like, you know, this like cool psychic energy. He does also just, he is just a creative pilot, which makes him fun to watch. And I think the design of Ara Battlers really complements that kind of like creativity. You know what I mean? Like just because they have all these like weird functions that you don't really get on other robots. Um, and I think it helps a lot. Also, uh, well, other note on the Dunbine, before I forget, I just wanted to mention, these things have the coolest fucking sound effects when they're doing the, uh, uh, like, when they're boosting, basically. Um, let me see if I could, it might actually be a small enough video file that I could link it. Uh, it's really shrill, and, like, would probably be unpleasant in a way, but it's such a cool sound, like, the weird, like, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I don't know, remember six yeah, remembers, no, but, I don't. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> It's very whooshy. Ah. It's a it, there's a distinctive whoosh. It's so cool. It's like a whoosh, but it's been like overmodulated. Like it sounds like it's almost like crackling in the audio or something. It's really good. Um, ah, I don't have that clip anymore. Whatever. Just take our word for it. Six. You'll watch the show eventually. So I'm sure. Um, yeah. Uh, 
So, we've talked about a bunch of bug-like friends. Now, what if I told you the design that comes out of the Dunbine, though, once... So, eventually, what ends up happening, the long-term ally of uh, the Zalana crew uh, is uh, the Kingdom of... Uh, well, is it Na that does the bow tune? Uh, no, uh, it's, I, mean, I believe it's, it's Lao. Right? Oh. oh, right, it's Lao first, right, and then... Do they build the bow tunes though? Then I believe so. Yeah, because okay. they're allied with Na, though. Right? Or maybe they build mm-hmm. them with Na. I don't know exactly. I can't remember, but they both use them. It's based on the Dunbine. Yeah, and it's a bird. Uh, and it's a bird. It's this yeah. It's cool. A, yeah. So this is uh, linked here. The bow tune. Uh, this is okay. Yeah, the Kingdom of Lao. King Foizen is the one who designed it. So they gave a lot of these to the Kingdom of Na as well, though. Um, there's a lot of factions in Dunbine because feudal, feudal European place. So you know, um, is, the, is this an aura battler with a Leo mono eye? Ah, uh, it's I kinda. It isn't. It isn't because also on the side of its head might be the eyes. On at least one of the color schemes of the Botoon, that is just colored gray, like it's not a screen. So. Who knows? Mm, okay. Believe whatever yeah. makes you happiest, because the Botoon is an enigma. Yeah, and it's 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 weird because it's it is based on the Dunvine ostensibly. Like they 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 studied the Dunvine to make this, but kind of like what Grant was mentioning, this doesn't look related to the Dunvine. <laughs> this is just like they studied it for its technology, and then they just made their own unique machine. Uh it's great. Uh, it's way more bird-like though for sure right because you've got like the head almost looks like an open bird mouth but inside of the mouth is yeah like six mentioned like a screen almost um and uh usually bright orange but sometimes gray there's a lot of different colors for this friend um though unfortunately this book actually only has the one dang uh i would have to look for the others later but Either way, the pink one's, like, the primary one that we see. Uh, that's the one that, like, the Zalana crew usually is fielding and such. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the Marvel custom one, if I remember right. Yeah, Marvel, uh, our good friend Marvel Frozen uses this, uh, when she's not using a Dunbine. The one, the other one you're gonna see is the, um, green one, the mass production one, and that one is best known for exploding constantly. <laughs> yeah, look... Sometimes you just need to show an Aura Battler blowing up in the background, and usually it's going to be either a Ghetto or a Botoon. Fair enough. There's not a lot of machines. Um, so the so you have that bird-like head. The torso, again, it's using that three-part cockpit where, you, you know, you, the sides pop open and then it pops up. Um, though it's much more, like, pointy and streamlined, you do have these cool, like, gray connections into the top of the cockpit hatch, as well as, like, over the two side pieces. Um, you have these really pointy shoulder armor um, that goes into these arms that end in, like, it basically has talons for the fingers. Like, it's got, like, it, I think it's two fingers on each side and then, like, a thumb, you know, or it's just, it's three fingers, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're very claw-like, though. And then it's got, like, these little points on the elbow as well. Um for the crotch, uh, this is where we start getting ridiculous crotches, which will come up a few times in this episode. Uh, this one has, like, a double blade crotch, and do, do these have any function? I can't uh, remember. they can fire. Okay, they are, they are cable shots, okay. It's part of how you get more botoons. You'll, you'll figure it out when you're older. <laughs> oh, it's the claspers, yeah. 
It has claspers. Great. Um. So on the uh, on the thighs, you've got. Uh, are these the uh, Arashot cannons on the legs? Actually. Because um, I did mention that it has four of those. Are those on the legs? I believe so. Okay, so it those are great. gun barrels. Yeah. <laughs> okay, couldn't remember for sure, because it's such a weird place. Literally firing from the hip, yes. <laughs> I should note, the legs on this are digitigrade, too, because they, like, go back, and then they go, like... I They're not, like, a true digitigrade. Like, it's not really standing on its toes. It is still has separate feet. But it's, like, reverse joint on the legs. And it's really cool-looking. Um, the feet are these really cool, like, long front talon, and then you have two side ones, and then a rear one, and I love the way that they look when it's flying there, like, in that shot of the data page I posted, or, like, the shot from behind where it's flying. It's just good. Um, very big and kind of flat aura converter compared to, like, the Dunbines. Um, like, it's just, it, it's, it's more... It's, it's just more flat overall instead of being, like, a curvy one. Um, and then under that, you've got, again, subflight wings, which are still bug wings. But uh, this guy fucking rules. Uh, its weapons are, should note, uh, it has two flame bomb launchers. Or are it says flame bomb shoulder? These are These should be fray bomb, actually. I've bought enough toys <laughs> that have these that I know the name is fray bomb. Um... I think, uh, again, uh, Ivy, I defer to you. Where are the fray bomb launchers? That's a darn good question. I don't remember. <laughs> but what I what I do know is the way it ha- keeps the sword across its shoulders is the coolest thing. Oh, right, yes. Instead of having it on the uh, uh, Ara converter, uh, it actually has it, like, you can see it behind the head. Like, it's just got a cool sheath across the, the shoulders, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it has the sword... Um, which, I mean, they all have swords. Nothing really special of note about the sword other than it's a sword and it's cool. Swords are cool. Um, and yeah, so this is, like, the machine that is produced based on the Dunbine that, like, basically the forces fighting against Drake will be using for a while. Uh, the primary one that they use. Because, of course, Drake being, like, you know, the, the quote-unquote bad guys, they get a lot more, you know, various robots uh, that are, like, that are produced en masse as opposed to the good guys who don't have very many. And again, usually you're following the Zolana, which only has like a limited number of machines. Um, so yeah, the, this is the Botune. It is weird. It's a bird and it's also a bug and I love it. Why is the Dunbine um, the least cool one we've talked about so far? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's still fine. And probably because it was designed first. Uh. Is my guess. All the ones later on are, you know, they can be fancier because they knew what they were going for in the dire- design direction. And I wonder if there isn't something of like the Zaku effects, you know, how uh, uh, there there are limitations placed on a hero suit, not just for being a hero suit, but for needing to be a manufactured toy mm. that a lot of the other designs don't don't have to deal with those restrictions. That would make uh-huh. sense. Yeah. And actually, I can use that to segue into the uh, last of the Dunbine family, but maybe, depending on how we're all feeling, maybe not the last we'll talk about today, because uh, Grant seemed excited for other designs and such, so now I'm like, hmm, maybe we can sneak more in, but we'll, we'll see how we're feeling after the Billbine. First, I'm including an image. It, it is a little statue of the Zolana crew that comes with one of the robot spirits, and it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. 
<laughs> right, that was with the bow tune. I forgot it comes what? with a little bronze statue. What it's is so going on? I I I don't know. Is Marvel These... giving me finger guns? Why? I think she might just be holding her actual ass gun there. Actually. Oh, okay, that makes <laughs> more remember, sense. Because remember, she's from Texas, so she has a gun on her. You know, I think it would be the ultimate power move. Actually, wait. If you think about it, when someone has proper trigger discipline when holding a gun, they are giving you finger guns while holding a gun. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Sigh. I'm, I'm, now I'm more confused about Neil offering just a giant group hug, which seems wildly out of character. <laughs> <laughs> God. He, uh... He sucks and I love him. He's he's one of the I, he sucks and I love him of the cast instead of just he sucks and I hate him, which is some of a lot of the other cast in the show. Um, but yeah, I, I for whatever reason, a lot of the toys just started being like, we're going to include a weird little fun gimmick. Like one of them comes with the pigsy. Uh, the new Veer and V comes with motherfucking horses. Uh, the the Ooh. weird horses from uh, that that like. Uh, you know, they are shown riding around. Do they have horns? I think the horses they have do. horns, yeah, it's, right? I, I love that you know it's fantasy land because all of the horses are unicorns, actually. Yeah, but they're also the ugliest motherfucking oh, yeah. horses I've ever oh, seen so bad. in my life. <laughs> Terrible creatures. Um, But, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, like, the, the one of the new ones comes with those. They, they've just been loving including weird little things. And for whatever reason with this bow tune, they're like, let's make a little bronze statue of the Zalana crew. Or, sorry, the Zalerna platoon. Ah, of course, of course. <laughs> As we all know them from the subs. Yes, of course. All and right. Keen is just getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keen's just leaving. She's just like, I'm done. Oh, this, oh, this is the famous Keen Kiss. Uh -huh. Yes, Keen Kiss is her name. Okay. Uh, she rules forehead girl amazing name uh, um always has her hair tied back so her forehead she's she's got kind of like a widow's peak happening so like she always has a funny looking forehead to me i'm sorry if you have a widow's peak and you're gonna have your hair pulled back like that i'm just gonna think that you look like a lost like mamaru nagano design well, that somehow wandered in here so hang on sorry this is a separate thing okay i'm looking at some of these numbers right of like performance and it says the Dunbine uh, cruising speed, 200 rill, maximum speed, 280 rill. And then the MAHQ explains that a rill is you blah, 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 basically converts to three to five kilometers per hour. So conservatively, this thing can go 600 kilometers an hour? That can't be yes. right. Uh, well, you say that, but here's the thing. Our battlers do go pretty fast, actually. <laughs> That's, They're very zippy. That's so fast. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that they also have luft tons because, um, I guess... So, here's the thing. One luft ton is roughly equivalent to an actual ton. <laughs> so, because of that, my brain wants to think that Shot Weapon wanted to measure something in tonnage, but he's under Drake, so he's like, uh, we will call this new unit of measurement the, the luft ton. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, boss, if you want to establish an empire, that means establishing weights and measures for, for your imperial uh, uh, infrastructure. We got we got to get in on the ground floor. I don't know where real comes from, though. That's just it's a real. Oh, it's a, oh it's, it says. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's it's the 
determined by the length a person has to walk to reach the mouth of the river from its source, which would be widely, widely variable. <laughs> There's not a lot of rivers in Bison Well, okay? It's just, you know, the river. You know, the river. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I've watched things on old measurements before, like Imperial measurements, and let's be real... Those are also very variable depending on what township you lived in because all of their standards were different. So I actually like this. I think Tamino's doing a good thing here by being like, yeah, it's a bullshit measurement. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love these. Um, okay, so with the Botoon done, as long as no one else has any thoughts, uh, I guess I would move on to the Billbine finally. The, uh, the... So... I call this the killer of Clover. Now, there's a lot of things that actually killed Clover, if we're being real. But it is very fun to meme about this being the killer of Clover, the toy company. Um, so, here's the thing. You look at this design, right? That's a robot. That's the first robot we talked about all night. <laughs> yeah, this is a robot. <laughs> like, this is an actual-ass robot. Uh -huh. um, so, what happened was this. Uh, from what I know, Clover was like, hey... We need to make a toy that'll sell. So they made this, the Billbine. This is a transformable robot. Uh, it's, you know, an Aura machine that is ostensibly still in that line, but it's so weird and different. So <clears throat> starting with the head, you have like this head that is just like a big sweatback horn that's almost designed like a night helmet is kind of what I think the inspiration is. Um... Like, you know, like, the with the way there's, like, the little slits on top of the head and such. Like, it looks like it should be, like, a closing visor or something. Um, with some yellow eyes and set there. Um, the same three-part torso that we've been talking about. A lot of things have that same kind of torso setup. Um, where it starts getting weird. So the arms, you've got these bright red shoulders with white, like, upper shoulder. And then, like, I don't know why they use two shades of white. Like, they have a white and then they have, like, this, like, baby blue, almost gray white. Um, it's the worst. For the main color. It's not good, no. Um, then, like, the bracers on the arms, you've got these really large bracers that are red with uh, some yellow claws at the end of them that are on, like, a white piece. Um, with the crotch, same simplified crotch as a lot of these. does have, like, a little point area, but, you know. Uh, then the legs, you've got, like, these multicolored legs, and I hate these two, actually. I normally complain about lack of detail on legs, but what is going on here with, like, the blue into a white stripe, into a blue block, into the gray-white again, um, into red knees? It's just too much. And I know I'm the person who's always doing monochrome, but this is just too much color on, like, one, like, little section like that. It, this feels like it was made for a toy. Right. Yeah. 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 All, all those little uh, uh, bits of like under flesh poking out that I, I was talking about are gone and replaced with actual like cable style cables in a few places. Mm -hmm. It everything looks more like it's yeah sh shaped in a factory and riveted rather than you you, you can't imagine this is held together by shoelaces li like in those later uh, uh, Dunbine designs. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the main thing of interest on this is you have the back of this, which it has two cannons on the backpack that flip up over the shoulder, and then it's got two R converters that are really small. 
<laughs> they're very tiny, and then it's got like the subflight wings uh, coming out of those, and then it has more subflight wings below those, and then it turns into a fucking bird. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't like this machine very much. Looking at it here, <laughs> I am somewhat sympathetic, right, with the plight because. If you are like, hey, we are marketing this show so we can sell toys to children, I think these machines so far have been quite cool. I also don't think they would sell very well. I get it. <laughs> well, let me show you what the Clover Dunbine looked like, just to also show you, because Clover is known for doing like those old-style Chogogen toys, right? Mm -hmm. Like for Gundam and whatnot. Yeah. Please look at this abomination. They oh. were trying a bit harder than they were with Gundam, but this is pretty bad still. <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Why the long face, bud? <laughs> um, just to throw it in here, Clover Gundam for reference, for the... for I don't know if y'all have seen it, but here's like the Clover Gundam when they did the Gundam toy. So at least they finally decided to try making the robot look like the robot. But... It's still pretty bad. Clover was definitely sort of stuck in what they were doing and had no idea how to move forward. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Dunbine is in 1981, I think, right? <sighs> Let me double check that. Yeah, that sounds uh, close enough to be oh, true. Oh, no, 1983. 83? Fuck. Ooh. Oh, this actually makes me look down on Clover even more, actually, because this is after the Gumpla boom. Right? Because, like, mm -hmm. um, so with first Gundam, right, we know it was canceled, and then we know Bandai eventually bought the rights for products and then produced models, and the models did way, way, way better than anything that Clover put out for Gundam. And that's, you know, that's, like, a known thing. Yeah, the Gunpla boom. The rest is history. The rest is history. Clover, though, this is in 1983. This is, like, two years after the Gunpla boom. And yet there's still... Again, they made the robot look more like the robot from the show. They clearly understood that consumers wanted that. But they still made this, like, kind of weird... Like, it's still, like, a chunky old-style toy. And I feel like they maybe just didn't want to move with the times. And I I know there are people who are fans of Clover, so this might be, be me being a bit unfair just because I think their toys look like shit. Um, but I just... I feel like they were just, like, kind of stuck in... Kind of like what Ivy said, right? They're just stuck in what they're doing. You know? They didn't want to, like do something that more people would want. I mean, I get, you know, <laughs> I get what you're saying. I do think Clover's toys seem pretty bad, but like I really liked Beautiful Joe. God damn it. Oh, oh my god. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh speaking of the Billbine, does this make you like it more? Here's their toy. <laughs> now, that is just a bad pose for this picture, but oh my god. I'm getting a 403 on that one. <laughs> oh no. Hold on. I'll ah uh... Hold on. I'll, I'll screen cap it. The, the... <laughs> Would you look at that? Does it have a, a fucking death army eye on its head? What is happening? No. Okay, so here's a more, like, that's the same toy. It's just whoever posed that for the picture did a weird thing with it. Um, it still looks bad, I will say, but... That first picture is one of the funniest toy pictures I've ever seen. <laughs> that first picture is just like, you just crashed your car, 
and you're waiting for AAA, and you're just staring at the sky like, wow, like, I've made choices. Their, their Dunbine toy looks like the Dunbine. It doesn't look like a great toy, but like, yeah, I know what that is. This Billbine toy looks like a flea market transformer. Like, yeah. Gosh, it does. Um, just uh, managing to make an official product that looks more bootleg than an actual bootleg product, I think, would at this point. Like, it's... Oof. So, for the Billbine, I should note for the armaments, it does have, like, a normal sword, but it also has one other thing that is unique to it. And again, I think this probably exists because of, you know, the whole, we need to make this cooler and more marketable. Now, I will say, this weapon actually kind of rules. It has a double rifle that has a bayonet that is a beam saber. Or an Aura sword, I should say, but it's a beam Hell saber. Hell yeah, it does. It's so cool. <laughs> I will say, that's like the one cool thing that I think about with this design. <laughs> the rifle is neat. And the, I think the cannons over the shoulder is a neat idea, even though this isn't the best implementation of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, yeah, the transformation on this also, uh, Ivy brought it up. What is it the writing that this is basically using the I mean, transformation of? it's not of? using it, but it just gives me vibes of it once it's transformed. Um, yeah. it defi- it's definitely yeah. trying to be, like, some sort of colorful super robot. It's trying so hard. It's saying, look at me, I'm just like all the other super robots, don't you want me? And it's like, I feel a little bad for it, because I don't, I don't hate the Billbine. Um, but... See, okay, I can see what you're talking about now, looking at that Especially the legs, the, the way the legs just go up like that, yeah. and the sort of mm-hmm. pointed yeah. bird head. Oh, Billbine. But the uh, Billbine's not all bad. So, no, uh, so, okay, we've we've mainly said that this is a very silly-looking design. Tamino, in in his wisdom, knowing that they were already done with the show in the final couple of episodes, does do a cool thing for the Billbine. He paints it in different colors. Uh, this is the quote-unquote night camouflage Billbine. And I like this, actually. Yeah, right. Like, it still has some of the design problems of the Billbine, like, you know, with, like, looking too machiney. But I will say this color actually, like, matches the rest of the show in a way that I like. Mm-hmm. It, it um, becomes, like, a, a a suit of armor for a dark knight, you know? Yeah, rather than just being, like, because that's the thing, right? We've looked at all these designs so far, and even though, like, we've looked at all these hero units, they're all pretty subdued in color scheme. And then the fucking Billbine's out here advertising that this is, like, a, a super robot toy that, that is to be sold, you know, because it is, like, that red, blue, uh, baby blue, yellow, and white. It, you know, it's, it's like what they had Tamino do with the Gundam, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, same company, even. It's, the, it's Clover. It's, um, I, I like to think of the Billbine being, like, one of the last releases by Clover, though, as Tamino's revenge in full circle after uh, Gundam got cancelled. Um, just because, like, it's so funny that they are, they, the, 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 the the toys that Clover makes, right, are for Gundam and for Dunbine, and Dunbine is doing relatively well into the modern day for, like, a non-Gundam, you know, robot series from the 80s, and then Gundam is Gundam, and they fucked up both times. (laughs) (laughs) Clover managed to lose two giant, like, what become, like, I would say cash cow franchises. Basically. I wouldn't say the Dunbine's a cash cow, but it does all right. I mean, you know, the thing about the about Dunbine though, right, is that like, like I said, I feel like it has to be at least decently successful, just because 
you still are getting like at least toys, right? Like at the very least, the adult collectors for these toys exist and are like, hey, I want to buy these. That's true. Which I mean, you know. At a guess, as an outsider, I think the Dunbine market is fueled more by those design series that like these sketches come from than from the show. You know, that's fair because we will and we will talk about a bunch of those. We'll talk about a series of those right now. Um or well, once we get done with our thoughts on the Billbine, I should say. Um because I there are counterparts to all of the friends we just talked about. <laughs> Actually, since we're already talking about the Billbine, what if we just went that right into the Belvine? Um, you know what? Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Um Okay, so the Bel- the 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 Bill is kind of, you know, whatever. Now, there is a series called Ara Phantasm, and if you follow me on Twitter, you have seen this. It is a series that Izubuchi did like a design series where they just kind of went ham on designs, kind of like what happens with like MSV for Gundam. Uh This is the counterpart of the Billbine, the Belvine. Uh, I don't remember the exact backstory. I don't know if this comes before or after, honestly, because, you know, translating these books is kind of a pain. Um, uh, but yeah, this is a bug-like Billbine, right? Yeah. How... Like, this is... Is there context for this? Because this... Nobody built this. This grew... <laughs> uh, so the context is literally just I, I am assuming that this is just I, I'm trying to like look at like the text and see what I can read the context for most of the aura phantasm stuff and it all looks like this is that they're basically really cool like prototypes for all the units that you see in the show um you know that were maybe like overbuilt. Yeah, or they they were overbuilt or too expensive. They couldn't actually use them. So ah, geez, yeah, this one looks really cool, but you know, just not practical. So instead, we're going to use our one of a kind billbot. Um, I will say, looking at this, uh, I want to imagine with the sketchier art on the second page that this is actually like how the planners for the billbine drew it on paper before they built it in the practical reality, where it turned out much more silly looking is like what i want to think it's interesting in general because when you see more detailed art of the billbine a lot of the time it will take design cues from the belvine to the point mm. that sometimes it's hard to distinguish them from each other when like you know you start getting more detailed art yeah which is interesting i actually have a i have a old b club figure to show actually which is uh or this one's not B Club. Uh, this is like an old uh, Bandai one though, and like you can see, right? They're going for like the more fleshy tone on it, and even this is definitely taking design cues from the Belvine rather than, even though it's the Billbine. Um, I'm I'm very happy to see this design because like what I come for, it, you know, when I go to the Aura Battler store, I am expecting to be served a nightmare bug horror, <laughs> and just yeah. Like, uh, uh, even the simple things like the venting on the wrist going from a, a regular manufactured thing to these irregular uh, uh, organic holes of, of different size does so much. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, fun thing, though, right? So these colors, right, are clearly drawing off of, like, the night camo. However, what if I told you they could put those super robot colors on this but make it cool? Uh, cause here you go. 
I actually fucking love that. Yeah, that Turning is pretty the cool. yellow gold yeah. is like a bespoke <laughs> de- like decision that just oh, chef's kiss. It's so good. Here's the fun part about this. This really doesn't have any precedent in canon. This it's not depicted in these colors in Aura Phantasm. The Belvine Belvine I, I don't know how to say it correctly. But um I don't think it really shows up in much of anything up until it got to show up in Super Robot Wars. These colors are just a very popular, like, customizer color scheme for, like, garage kits of the Belvine. And Bandai was just like, Ivy, I love you so much, I'm gonna do these. (laughs) It's It's so cool. It's so good looking. (laughs) It's so good looking. Um, And and I just spent this whole time trashing on that color scheme, but it looks great here. There is a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... Which... If we're going to trash the, uh, what, what you call it, the color scheme, I think real fast you should post the Metal Robot Spirits Billbine, because that one yep. also looks good, despite just being the Billbine. Yep, here's that. Uh, I, I think, think it's that blue. It's that, it's it's the baby blue that it just doesn't work. I don't think yeah. the yellow yeah, works a... either, mm. normally. Yeah, yeah. The, turning all the yellow gold is always a better decision. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, because I actually like this, like, Metal Robot Spirits version of the Billbine, just because, like, I, I guess, like, the shinier red and stuff, just, it just looks better in that way. It's cool. And, again, the gold. It, the gold helps. It's interesting because, like, when they revealed this thing, this was the first time me and Dylan were ever, like, just going nuts about the Billbine. Yep. Every <laughs> other War Battler, we've had, like, some sort of, like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing. That was the Billbine's time. When they were like, hey, what if it was painted up all nice like this? Yeah. Um, so, this kind of gives you a taste for what Aura Phantasm is like, right? You can see that they basically, Izabuchi takes a design and goes, what if I made it sick? <laughs> um, and then uh, and then they make up like a backstory about how it's just like a special version of it. What if this and was I, a Final Fantasy boss? Hmm. Yeah. And there's a couple of these that are a little weird, so... I guess we'll work backwards, right? So we talked about the Botoon, right? Uh, the Botoon in Aura Phantasm has kind of a custom version. This is a version that is supposed to be used by the Royal Guards of Na. So this is like, it's supposed to be like all white is the idea. Though that that's not a colored image of it there, but it is it is supposed to actually be white in color. Um, and this is just, what if we drew the Botoon but fancier? Like, you, if you look at the like the Aura Converters, they're basically just wings now. <laughs> Which looks good, mm-hmm. is the thing. I think it looks great. Um, and fun, fun fact, I actually have a color image of this, because I am a weirdo who played the PS1 game, um, in which this actually appears as a secret unit that you can get. Oh, would you look at you! Dylan was a sweetheart and played that whole dang game so I could see all of the Aura Ballers. <laughs> um, now, what's interesting about this one is in these white colors, it, there is just a regular Botoon in those colors in the show. And it is also, you know, for the Kingdom of Na. If I remember right, you see it like once or twice, and then every other time it's just the mass production ones. But I guess they were like, well, what if that looked fancier? And it looks great. It's just yeah, yeah. birding even more than it did. <laughs> just go harder on the bird it's fine yeah um that's also right. what i do for thanksgiving <laughs> so here's a f- 
so the the Botoon that Botoon is also weird though because sometimes they want to spell that name differently, like it's a different machine, and it drives me insane because oh, it's so funny. You can here. see here it's Botoon. Sometimes it's it's uh, shown as the Bodoon, and every single time Dylan just gets so angry, and it, it's great. Well, because the katakana is the same, but not the same. Like, uh, I don't want to go into a big katakana lecture here, but basically, all these machines, even when they have the same names in Aura Phantasm, use different katakana. And it's, I don't know why. I don't understand it, but whatever. Anyway, speaking of which, here's the ghetto as drawn in Aura Phantasm with the funnest little guy that it's riding on. I don't know what that thing is called, uh, but I love it. It's the Acheron. <laughs> Right, right, after all. It's a big turtle. Uh, Maybe? It's, it's it's a big turtle. Uh, yeah, so they, they gave the ghetto... It's still, like, under-equipped, but they made it more even more buggy. Like, if you look at the antenna there, like, at the ends of it, it kind of has, like, the... You know, like, how moths have, like, the bigger at the end parts on the antenna sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you've got, like, a... I love that shield. I think that shield looks so fucking cool, just giving, like... Giving a robot a tower shield really that like looks like a fancy like fantasy tower shield with a painted up design on it, and it's then it's riding a turtle. <laughs> the best part about this image is that it looks so cool. It's like you see this and you're like, this is such a cool fantasy image, and then you realize the ghetto is the worst machine in the entire <laughs> setting, and everything about that goes out the window because you can take it out with anything. Uh, also, here's a close-up of the head of that one. Oh my uh, goodness! Look at you, so buddy! Meaty. Look at you! So good. So good. Um, um, actually, if you look at like the, I don't have images of these, but if you look at like the DVD covers for some of the Dunbine episodes and stuff, they actually have art like this for like all of the. Aura yes, Battlers. yes, uh, so a very like Art Nouveau take on all the uh, Aura Battlers. Yeah, they're I uh, I think I have that collection of images somewhere, but. I'd have to dig it up. They're really good. Are there are there aquatic aura battles um, that are just lobsters? Well, uh, no, mm, no. But you say lobster and fun story. So, well, okay. You know what? Because it, we can fit it here because we're talking about the ghetto. You remember how I talked about how the novel had like, what if the ghetto was the main machine? And there's like a couple of those. Um, well, let me show you what that looks sure. like. Because you mentioned lobster. Okay. And, uh, shit, hold on. Gotta, gotta find the cut gras. It is called the cut gras, by the way, which is a weird, weird name. Have too many robot pictures for your own good, Dylan? Uh, shush you. Never. Oh, um, I'm finding it. Don't make fun of me on, on the air, that's mean. That's okay, I'm okay, B. Alright, uh, where is... I know I have these somewhere. Dang it. Um, basically, the cut gras, though, is... Ah, here it is. Uh, here it is specifically with a dragon for some reason. I love it. Uh, let me get a better image of it. Uh, there's, like, one on the cover here. It's super cool. Check out that thing's head, though. It's That's more lobster-like, right? <laughs> it is kind of more lobster-like, yeah. Uh, this thing is weird. Uh, the cut... Like I said, it's the cut gras, and it is like w there are three of them, and they are kind of like all replacements for the Dunbine. But also, Bon Bonnings gets one, and it is painted all black, as seen there, um, instead of the Zworth. Uh, also, Bon Bonnings, great name. Um, but yeah, the the cut gras is really cool, and 
it just doesn't like appear in anything. No, it does. Uh, here's one other. Here's one other good image I have of the head there. Like it, this head always feels more lobster-like to me. I don't know why. Just those antenna give me lobster vibes, and that's why I was thinking of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this is like the yeah. main character of the novel, like that is using these. And I super duper. And there's one more on the far left here. Like I wish we had more illustrations of it because I love the idea of making the ghetto a bit cooler. It is mm -hmm. really neat. Um, Here is uh, the, I'm pretty sure this one is the ghetto on the old uh, DVD covers. Yo! It's so cool. It, it right? looks so Oh, I good. hadn't seen that. Right? Oh my god. I love that. I love the way that they, like, drew, like, the mouth parts on the inside having, like, the little red bits and, like, the way the antenna are drawn. Oh, these are good. These are good DVD covers. The the Botoon uh, DVD cover. It looks so sad. It does. It, it does. It's a sad Botoon. <laughs> Slightly sad Botoon. I'd be sad if I knew I was like, like enemy fodder too. Yeah. Um. And finally, for all of the special boys that are in Ara Phantasm, uh, related to the ones we talked about. Um. So here's what I'm thinking, maybe because we have run. Um. I'm going to talk about the Serbine, obviously, but because we've already run, like, an hour 20, maybe we'll just have to do a part two on Samara Battlers on, like, the remaining ones, if, you know, if y'all would want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry to ask on air, uh, but I was like... I mean, I'll edit it out if they say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair. Uh, would you want to grant an Ivy? Absolutely. Just tell me when and where. Oh, anytime. Maybe we could just... I yeah. I... The thing, the thing I'm excited to talk about in a, a potential future part two, no matter when that may be, is all of the interesting crotches are in the enemy faction suits. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I just wanted to double check on that because my brain is like, I could just talk about all these designs all day, but the problem is once we start talking about the Serbine, this is going to be like another 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. Because this is like also the most important <laughs> of all of these is the Serbine. What if... Um, um, what if part two is just the theme is weird crotches? Because uh, well, most of the enemy robots don't have any lineage, and I think that kind of brings them all together like a family. I don't listen. I don't want to write mechanista dash robot penis. I don't want to make that the title. You of the said you story. like the leprechaun. Also, you would do that. Uh, you would do. You would definitely do that if you knew it would cause me anguish. You know that. I would make the joke, but I listen, I'm fairly decent about titles of episodes. Don't look at Bottle Crow. <laughs> There's an episode called Mickey Mouse Eggs. It's oh, awful. Oh no. Um <laughs> That's Oh, that's bad. Oh, anyway. Look at you, yes, Serbine. Look at you. So the Serbine. This has a lot so there are many machines called the Serbine is the thing that you will all learn about now. Because here's the thing. So this is the original Ara Phantasm Serbine. And I'm sorry I'm making this tough on you six because you will have to link to multiple Serbines, but whatever. It's it's fun. That's There's why, a lot that's of why you run the podcast. Great. <laughs> this is the original Ara Phantasm Serbine, though. This is so this is a Dunbine with like a pointier head and a meaner looking mouth. Uh still has like the three part torso again. The it, the, it, the thing is this is like you know when you see, like, really ornate knight armor? That's what kind of, like, all the Ara Phantasm designs are versus the original, and that's what this is, right? This is just, like, 
you've got like jewels and like little like filigree embedded in this, like on the front of the cockpit yeah. or on the collar. The the biggest um, difference that you couldn't put down to just like uh, artistic style is the addition of uh, uh like crotch uh the addition of like skirt armor. Yes, it actually has skirt armor. Finally, uh, there's finally a design with skirt armor, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also the middle crotch has an eyeball. <laughs> it, I think it's actually more like a jewel. But here's the thing. The way it's drawn there, it looks like it has an eye on it, and they have done weird eyes on, like, the Zwerth and stuff, so my brain's just like, oh no, is that actually an eye? It could be. Um, yeah. Um, it also has a cutlass now. Yes. Uh, with an eagle handle, which you can't really tell here too much, but... Oh, well, you can see the eagle there, actually, yeah. But, yeah, there's also... They're making a Robot Spirits of this version of this one, too. Um... It also has a shield, uh, is the other major noticeable change. Uh, just this really big surfboard-like shield, uh, which is really cool. Um, I love that the shield, because it is, like, it is not, you know, like, how Gundam does it. It has, like, an actual, like, carry strap there. Uh, instead of just being bolted onto the arm, which I just think is neat. Uh, this machine's now, cool. What's this is a cool machine. interesting about this one is... The shield design you see in the artwork uh, is a completely different design from the one you'll see in the Robot Spirits I just linked, because they actually had Izabuchi design this new shield. Because yeah. the Serbine in shields is an interesting topic. Um, in fact, if you hear Serbine, you're probably not going to get this Serbine. You're going to get the weird compilation Serbine that's the Serbine you'd see in anything it might be in. Yeah. So, th this is, like, the... I would just say this is the Aura Phantasm Servine, right? Like, this is the original, original Servine, which is a cool Dunbine, originally, right? Mm-hmm. Then you start getting into weird ones. I guess we'll start first, actually, with the OVA Servine, right? Um, because there is a... Uh, I'd say let's go oh, for the yeah. other one. Uh Oh, like the weird... The one they use on all the toys? Yeah, there, I mean, okay. there's more to say about it, I think. That's fair, yeah. Uh, should I just link, uh, I'll, I'll link, uh, the, the toy of it, because that's, like, the toy and, like, Super Robot Wars are where this one is from, I would say, right? Because Super Robot Wars also uses this, uh, Serbine. Specifically, it's from the toy, Super Robot Wars, and this specific, uh, Max Factory kit. <laughs> Which is an old 80s, like, garage this is, that they had done. I'm pretty sure about, like, the first version of this specific Serbine. Which, it is based off the OVA version that we will get to uh, in just a little bit. But it's not quite the same. Um, it's weird. They, they, Everyone making a Serbine makes it different and weird, and it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing with this one that's, I think, the most significant is it has that shield with the naked lady on it. And that is uh, specifically something that Max Factory created. Um... And despite that, you will see it in stuff like Super Robot Wars. The Serbine always has that shield. But you won't ever see it on a Bandai toy because Max Factory owns that. And <laughs> I think it's very funny. But the biggest thing this Serbine does is it has the blue cockpit. It's like a pretty color. It pops. Overall, it's probably nicer than the um, uh, OVA version. Yeah, which... 
will be the, I guess, the last one we'll cover. So this is like a toy version in Super Robot Wars. Like, even when they put the OVA in Super Robot Wars, they don't actually use the OVA design. They use this toy's design. I don't know why. They just always have. Probably just because so, it looks cool. That's that's just a ornamentation, right? That's not an actual, like, pe- like <laughs> locked in gold like <laughs> fairy lady or something. No, no, that's just ornamentation, yes. There is no secret lady uh inside of the shield no fairies hiding in there that's, that's the great great granddaughter of keen kiss you you watch your mouth <laughs> <laughs> sealed in fake fantasy carbonite uh let's see though um one other image of this one uh but yeah so like this is like i guess i'm linking the pearl gloss one but same difference it's cool the color scheme is the same other than this has more opalescence to it so it looks even better i think um but yeah, so like this is like the most heavily ornamented one too out of all of them, I think, right? Like I think even the OVA one doesn't feel as ornamented as this one does. I think like, they're about have... the same. In fact, I'm going to link it. Okay. Um Okay. No, that's, for... the OVA. that's the OVA. No, first you might look at both of these and say, "Well, this is just mostly the same design." But it's not. Because well, obviously the chest is white. Um just like it is in the OVA, but also a lot of the shapes are more rounded. Um, you can notice, like, the mm-hmm. hands, uh, or specifically the arm guards are, like, a lot more round and fuller. I think it's interesting. Just because, like, this is the design that was in something, but it's not the design we ever see when it shows up in later things. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, also, we cannot call it animated, because that OVA has made some interesting choices with the robots that are sometimes cool and sometimes weird. <laughs> Uh, specifically for those who haven't seen that OVA at all, uh, a lot of it is they basically draw the robots as, like, their own super hyper-detailed, like, cell, but because of that, they don't actually animate them. They just cut to them, and they have, like, big movement, like, they're moving, like, the various layers of the cell, mm-hmm. rather than, like, mm-hmm. actually, like, as an animated object in the foreground. It's really weird. Uh, it's just strange-looking. Um, but yeah, it's... It is so weird to me that the Serbine, which is, like, the most famous of, like, all of the uh, Aura Phantasm designs, has just, like, a billion different, like, not even agreed upon versions in this way. So, oh. uh, uh, this, this picture that you linked, Ivy, this is the recent uh, HG kit, correct? Yes, it is. And that is the same design as the OVA design? Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the one that is in my home. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> got to figure out which servine you own. Mm-hmm. There's um. just so many, and I think part of that is just, you know, a lot. A big thing with Dunbine is definitely there's just like a lot of fans like making stuff, you know, models and all that. And it's it's interesting how the designs sort of change through that. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, uh, I should note the servine is so popular. By the way, that in my copy of Aura Phantasm, there is a fan like because it's like a b club published thing there is like a fan story in here that stars the serbine before the serbine even was in like the ova or anything like people loved this design at the time it's really good um i guess also actually a little different than even the or phantasm version is look at how they draw it on the cover it's also different here this one's got teeth <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What's up, boy? What are you trying to tell us? <laughs> uh, Marvel fell down a well? <laughs> a bison well? No! No! God damn it. Oh, no! Uh, there are so many of these, though, right? Like, 
they also the other thing you'll notice between them they have different eyes um like the the toy from bandai above right um like it uh it has robot eyes right just like red robot eyes but then, like, if you look at, like, the one on the cover here, and also the high grade has these as an alternative, you give it, like, actual organic eyes that have, like, a slit through the middle of them and stuff. Like a big, you know, sna almost like a snake eye or something. It looks so good. I love the eyes. Um, These are, like... So, it's really weird, right? There's a bunch of Surbines. Then, also, for the... Uh, there's one unused Dunbine... And this one, I just want to link to y'all because I want to see your reactions to it. Uh, I know Ivy knows about it. Um, this is for the video game oh, that I was talking you about do? earlier. Why, what did you do and why did you do it? This, what the this is uh, the Balbine. And it really just looks like it was like drawn as if someone's trying to make one of those like fancy Ava type F Dunbines. It, it does look like an Ava, yeah. So this is, this is a Belvine. This is uh, this is what happens if you you uh, your partner digivolves, but you don't have a loving, positive relationship with them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pointy. Uh, so this one, uh, six for your convenience. This is the Balbine, B A L B I N E. Um, okay. And this one is an unused one from the video game. Uh, this is the edgiest Dunbine <laughs> in existence. We, it does definitely have crab arms, though. Yeah, we, we went from bug to ocean crustacean, but one of the angry ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, the head is almost a Dunvine head, but you have a bunch of, like, spikes on it. Like, this looks like the Dunvine got fused with Dodoria from Dragon Ball or something. <laughs> with all of these spikes. You're not um, wrong. I think I still like it, though. It's so <laughs> leggy, too. It is very leggy. Um... I don't know who drew this is the thing, right? Because I don't know who did the game designs. Um, I haven't found an art credit for it. Uh, I don't know. It could have been Izabuchi is the thing. I'd be willing if to it's that. not Izabuchi, there's at least a very clear Izabuchi tribute with the, the speed holes in the collar uh, armor. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, also, the way the arms are offset is really kind of weird. Because if you look at those shoulders, they're not like connected to the bottom of the shoulder. They're connected on the edge of the shoulder. Mm -hmm. So they're, like, out. <laughs> uh, then you've got little uh, wrist claws, but, like, not how the normal Dunbine does them. They're These are, like, you kind of mentioned, like, they're, like, crab claws or something. Uh, but it, they're just weird. Um, The legs are pointy. Uh, the feet are a bit more segmented and bug-like. And also, you have, like, a weird... I don't know how to describe this weapon... <laughs> It's like a big cleaver. It's a butcher big, knife? It's a, yeah, it's like a cleaver sword. So, what's interesting about this design is, uh, as Dylan mentioned, it's a cut design from a game, and I'm pretty sure the reason we know about it is because it was handed out on promotional cards for said game, mm. this, along with one mm. other cut design that really doesn't have any place being talked about here, and if y'all don't mind... There is one more Dunbine family design. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I forgot it. I forgot From it. From the same I, game, I, we have to. in fact. We, this one was in the yes. game. Yes. This is our good friend. The Zellbine. <laughs> so many binds for poor uh, Six to have to note down. Yeah, the Zellbine. I can't believe I forgot about this, because this is actually a design I really I love. can't believe you uh, forgot about um, it either, because it's one of your favorites. 
Yes. Uh, so the Zelvine is... What if we made... This is another example of what if we made the Bilbine cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, what, what if we made it look like an Aura Battler and not a, a different early 80s super robot? Yeah. Mm. Um, so it still has a lot of, like, the design cues from the Bilbine, right? But, like, the the way it goes about implementing other things is just way more Aura Battler. Like, the head is the Bilbine head, but, like, if you go to, like, the torso, you've got... Like, you've got more of those, like, bolts and stuff connecting the torso again. It just looks more, you know, uh, Aura ba- Battlery. Uh, the, um, the armor is a bit more segmented in areas. You've got, like, on the shoulders, you have claws underneath, like, the shoulders, and I love the way those look. Um, the arms have bracers that have gold, like, detailing on them. Those are, are really so cool. cool. I love that. Uh-huh. Um, you've got, uh... It, it almost has skirt armor, is the thing, right? <clears throat> so you've got a crotch with, like, a big claw in the middle, like a big... like It's dick like knife. the... Sh- <laughs> it's like the ones that the, um... Yeah, dick letter opener. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the uh, ones that the uh, Botoon has. It's just one of them instead of two. Um, kind of. Like, you know, just a weird blade in the middle there. Uh, and then it has, like, pseudo-skirt armor, right? Like the Serbine has. But, like... It's very minimalist over the top of the legs, but the legs are back to just being good old Aura Battler legs. Like, it has, you know, the segmented armor with the big gaps in it. You've got, like, this big knee armor with Izabuchi holes in the sides. I didn't notice that before. Um, you've got... It still has, like, the the legs, like, the little cable bit connected. But, again, it doesn't look like a mechanical cable. This looks organic again. Mm-hmm. It's just... And the feet! We finally have normal Aura Battler feet on this again. Um, and then the wings are weird because it does have, like, the smaller kind of style of, like, Aura Converters and, like, the little underwings like the, uh, Bilbine. But, again, they're just designed in a much more detailed, but, like, detailed in an organic way, right? Like, it it feels shell-like still. Mm-hmm. And I love the little, like, if you look at the shot from behind, the meaty little yellow parts um that they added there uh it's great (laughs) you know grant i think you're the you're the person to ask this question i feel like you're going to be the most uh, open-minded all right um what would you use that dick letter opener for uh okay (laughs) uh well sometime uh, you got to remember this thing seven meters high that uh Uh opens a lot of doors and closes a lot of others sure (laughs) okay okay so say uh, uh, you you need to remove the roof from your neighbor's house, uh, either as a favor or because they suck. Uh, <laughs> okay. You could go either I way. think it's the perfect tool for a very precise uh, uh, de-roofening. Uh, I mean, that would just be you dry humping your neighbor's roof. Though. I hate this. Yeah, but which one of you is going to have the worst time at the end of the day? <laughs> <laughs> Something interesting I just noticed about the sword, actually, too. So, a uh, little thing that I forgot to mention when we were going over the Serbine. Uh, so, there's the one eagle sword, right? That's like a sort of a cutlass. Mm-hmm. And then the OVA and like other versions have this kind of like... Uh, here, I'll put it in the chat. It has like this style of sword, right? Uh, it's weird mm-hmm. because it feels like they just mixed those swords to make the sword there, right? Because it's like a single-edged curved sword, but the base of it seems mm-hmm. very similar in design to that later Serbine one. Um, where it's got, like, the little holders for the blades is what I assume those are that are popped up around it. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's just cool looking, though. Uh, it still has the back cannons, too, which, like I said, that's actually a thing I like about the Bilbine, is having, like, the back cannons. Um, There's something the way about they're drawn here that actually give me Rick Diaz vibes. Uh, oh, yeah, like the little uh, pistols on the back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this design rules, uh, and this was for the game, and I just, again, I love how many people went, Why, can we make the Bilbine not suck? Um, and then they went for it, and I just think that's very fun. Because um, that's, that's what they did here. For context for the Zelbine, I believe it's supposed to be, like, a mass production Bilbine that doesn't Which is funny, yeah, it's it's the worst Bilbine that they give you as part of the story as a secret unit, but also they're, like, but they, they wink and nod at you, like, this is the cooler one, actually. <laughs> um, which is very fun. Uh, it's a, it, it is a secret unit, too, which is really weird, because, like, this is the big game original, and you have to do some nonsense to get it. <laughs> uh, that game is amazing, by the way. I should know. If that game was translated, I'd actually love it, because that game is you playing as a third-party kingdom that has nothing to do with Upper Earth, and you are just drawn into the conflict because of Drake conquering everything, and you get to, like, pick your sides and, like, stuff like that. Like, the whole time when I played my last playthrough, I went against the Kingdom of Na and worked for Drake, and I kept basically declaring that, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, the the princess girl that everyone loves in Japan. What's her Um, name? Sheila Lapana. Sila Lapana. I kept making sure my character, for whatever reason, kept referring to her as an evil witch, which was very funny <laughs> uh, throughout the whole story. Like, and was convinced that she was trying to lead everyone down a path of destruction. It was very strange because she's like the one who kind of wants peace in the kingdoms, um, and doesn't want everyone killing each other. Um, but yeah, game rules. Uh, and I can't believe they made this a secret unit because it feels like it should just be the thing that you get. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, what? Oh, one other, one last uh, Servine design I have to share. Sorry. Okay. Oh, they did a metal, they're doing a Metal Robot Spirits, and it looks so fucking cool. It's a bottomless Bison well. The Servine. Look at this thing. They're doing yet another Servine. I just realized. If I didn't have dinner to cook, I would appreciate this more. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. We have gone over all the Dunvine family, but we are not done with our battlers yet. I guess tune in maybe as early as next week if we're all available. You can see we're not uh, Dunvine with it. We'll see. No promises. Yeah, yeah, no promises, but we'll see. Uh, To talk about the rest of the Ara battlers, because those will be much faster to talk about, because they aren't the main ones. Um, you say that. Uh, I say that. Um, the Viren V has eight different iterations. It, it sure fucking does. Uh, Wait, what? Really? <laughs> that one? Oh, well, it doesn't have eight, but it does have uh, one, two, three... A lot. Four of them, actually. So half that number. Jeez. But here's the thing. Oh, For that being hyperbole from Hugh Grant, you were surprisingly close. <laughs> um... <sighs> it only has a cruising speed of 200 rail. Come on. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I guess for now we'll do our plugs. Um, so uh, I guess guest plugs first, right, is how we do this. I can't remember six. I'm yes, tired. yes, of course. That's that's common courtesy. Yeah. Grant, where can people find you on the internet and your work? Uh, you can find me on... On Twitter at G E N underscore Ironicus, you're mostly going to find me uh, plugging stuff, which 
I'm about to do right now. One thing I would really uh, appreciate people checking out is Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, which is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure watch cast. Uh, I have not seen it before until making this show. It's kind of the uh, premise of the thing. And uh, you uh, run a light backlog. This is going up later this week, correct? Yes. So as you are hearing this, the most recent episode is when we talk about fan favorite, let's go eat some Italian food. Oh. Uh, our, our viewers who are JoJo familiar have been dying to hear my thoughts on that episode, and it has happened. It's there. You can go listen to it now. All right. Uh, Ivy, plug your plug whatever you want. Uh, I would assume your Twitter. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, you can find me at IvyPCute on uh, Twitter.com. I draw robots stuff that's pretty done by and inspired um that ocs i talk about transformers because i have a problem um <laughs> yeah that's about it if i'm gonna plug anything else it's if you if you uh listen to this episode and you thought wow i love the dunbine i want the high grade don't get it that's all i'm gonna say Oh, oh, right, the old high grade, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they re-released it. it a couple months ago, and it's it's awful. Don't get it. Don't get it. Love yeah. yourself. <laughs> if, oh, if, you want, okay. if you want done by merchandise, you go the Robot Spirits route, unfortunately. Or the high grade Servine. Uh, or the high grade Servine, because that's actually new, yeah. Um, and that one's fucking great, but anyway. Also, pointiest high grade on the goddamn planet. Grant, you built it, right? Actually, uh, that is the first, like, actual, like, real-type scale model my wife built. Oh. Uh, she got into... She, she has an army of uh, uh, those SD uh, Hello Kitty crossovers and... Oh my um, god, that's rad. Uh, uh, petite guys, but, like, that... The, the Serbine design, she saw as, like, that's some cool shit. I want to build that. <laughs> so I sat very jealously watching her put the Servine It's together. such a good build. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just mentioned that because when I, I'm going to paint mine uh, and I disassembled mine and oh my God, this it's so easy to stab yourself with that kit. <laughs> I, I don't, well, usually like with high grades, they like child proof them so that you can't, you know, murder someone with a kit. But this one, they just made pointy because they knew everyone that would be buying it is probably adults. There's not children fans of Dunbine. Um, but yeah. I'll make the first child it's like fan the, of uh, I'll do it. It's like the uh, old high-grade uh, Thunderbolt kits. Anyway, um, for me, I am at LowPolyRobot on Twitter.com. I post video games and robots. Uh, and you probably know me if you're here. Uh, six, plugs for you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at six Detmar S I X D E T T M A R because my last name is a little unusual to spell. Um, and then uh, scanlandmedia.com, patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. I do a lot of podcasts and, and other things. Um, and until next time, folks, Mechanista and G. That's an Anglo Saxon name, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, good, good. Or or the English dub version. Sounds pretty waspy to me. <laughs> That's that's the actual English dub line six and it's so fucking good. <laughs> Alright, peace.
覗けます。